and welcome to the Total Soccer Show. My name is Daryl Grove. I'm joined by a man who just watched the US score six goals with me. His name is Taylor Rockwell. Hello. Hello. I, I don't know if it's because it's a la- like a late hour we had the day off. I'm not really sure. But I think your hello threw me just then more than the 6-0 win. I mean, should you not expect it by now? I know. That's the thing. I totally should. <laughs> and yet I think I was just like zoned out, like looking at my notes. And suddenly there was the hello. You're back in the room. Mm-hmm. But maybe I'm just so surprised by this result this evening. Are you surprised by 6-0? Yeah, yeah of course I'm yeah. surprised. This is a team that we got like one chance against when everything was yeah, on yeah. the line. Yeah. That's to come true, out and fair. kind of smash them for six I would, was not I would, a thing I saw coming. A lot of the goals were that sort of avalanche yeah. um, in the second half where I think we could agree Trinidad kind of gave up. I mean, we there sh- were there were moments where they were the personification of giving up. Like yeah. it was just every familiar symptom of like, ooh, this is going to get bad was there on display. The moment I thought was when Cyrus, number yeah. five, Center back just looked up and said, "Come on, man!" Yeah, exactly. <laughs> while sitting to on the probably, ground, to at least facing. at least to Hackshaw, maybe to Aubrey David as well. I maybe think just the was, world, he just was the world. With, I think he probably. was done with his defensive partners. Yes, right? he was the only one who kind of stayed central and actually tried some approximation of defense, yeah. especially near the end. He's my Trinidad man of the match. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> that's probably fair. It might maybe Philippe, the goalkeeper, but yeah, then a, yeah, a lot of saves. Lot the onslaught at the end makes that harder to say. Oh, okay. So did we? You obviously didn't expect six 0 No. Um, I would say after the Guyana game, which by the way the US mm. won four 0 Did they? We were more positive than most uh, fans. Were I would we? say because mm-hmm. I, I saw moments of like you know good passing, good movement. Yeah. That I think in this game you almost saw it be refined a little bit more mm-hmm. um, and be and be way more effective. Like yeah. I can really see the progression from those horrible friendlies mm-hmm. to Guyana to what we did against Trinidad tonight. Not that I was expecting six 0 but I was expecting a win because I saw glimpses in Guyana against Guyana of what this US team was capable of. I agree. If people missed the interview with Brian Charetta at the end of last week, which is still this week, time is confusing. Uh, his point about like wanting to see some fight from the United States, like wanting yes. to see the players kind of be angry, I think you saw that, and I think you saw the combination of the kind of passing and good style of play against mm-hmm. Guyana. Quick ref- tempo passing. Refined a little bit, but with the kind of fight and intensity that you need in a game like this yep. on display. So I feel like they kind of brought both into the equation in a way they maybe necessarily didn't have to against Guyana and then did against Trinidad. Because maybe it wasn't needed against Guyana. Exactly. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I did see um, a tweet from Mr. Matthew Doyle pointing Mm -hmm. out that when Weston McKenney gets his yellow card for going and getting involved... Um, it was only 1-0 to the U.S. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think that's actually an, a weirdly important point in that the U.S. really showed some attitude yeah. in, a, in a way that I think a lot of fans would have wanted to see. And I really think it got everybody hyped up. I think it did. Because, yeah. it's again, to go back to Cyrus, the Trinidad center back, it's like I think there's a stoppage of play. Jesse Zardes kind of goes in for a challenge. The ball gets kicked at him. Cyrus comes sprinting over to get in Zardes' face. And then yeah. Zardes got in somebody else's face. That's what McKenney's reacting to, And then to, McKinney right? comes sprinting in. And, yeah, I think like it's a weird, it's a weird thing you and I talked about because you're not always always a big fan of like getting involved with the yeah. kind of fracas sitting want, that's going on. I want everyone to be cool. And I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. Because they cut away, but we're fairly certain that Cyrus comes in and shoves Zardes in the back. And I think yeah. that's what has McKinney coming well, in. When the camera cuts away, yeah. uh, Cyrus is approaching him yep. with his arms out at full speed. Yeah. yeah. And when the camera comes back, Zardes has moved yes. several feet. <laughs> so we're pretty sure we can fill in the blank. Yeah. But and McKinney's angry he's about ma- that. He's angry, but it, it's like focused anger, which is on what Cyrus. it has to be. That like Because then Philippe, the goalkeeper, comes in. He gets in. McKinney's face really in his face for a good long while and f- you would not be surprised if McKinney turns and starts getting into it with Philippe and instead he stays locked in on Cyrus yeah. doesn't raise his focus. hands keeps his hands by his side but is definitely showing his displeasure yeah. and g- ends up getting a yellow card but I think did all the things you want to see from a like future leader of the team to uh-huh. come in 
kind of police the other team, defend his teammate, yeah, got not Jesse's go over back, the right? top. Yeah, I mean, I think it was everything you needed to see. In fact, I think we should discredit uh, uh, Weston McKinney with the ensuing <laughs> five goals. There we go. Um, do you agree with me that this is uh, one of McKinney's better games for the U.S.? 100%. And he's now put two good games together back-to-back. I would say this some, is some mistakes, Some mistakes against mm-hmm. Guyana, but a lot of really nice passes. Mm-hmm. Tonight... All the nice passes and a lot of sort of combativeness in midfield. Not just this incident yep. we're talking about, but just winning balls and then tracking balls down even after you like fifty fifty pops loose. He and yeah. he does a, he does a lot of stuff that is not I mean, he certainly has like glamour passes and great sort of through balls that no one else could have seen except for mm-hmm. him and but there's just little misdirection moments. passes. Indeed. Yeah. But he there's just also these little moments that I think because we end up rewatching stuff two and three times, it's stuff that I miss on first viewing and then yeah. go back and see. And like there's one in the second half, I think, where there's a ball comes in he tries to get ahead to it. It's off a corner, and he heads it kind of straight up in the air. And rather than rue the mistake or rue the miss, he's immediately alive to it, tracks it down faster than anybody else, wins it, keeps the play alive. And it's just those moments of awareness and like scrappiness to fight for the ball, but then the technical yeah. ability to bring the ball down while at full speed with a defender on his back and then kind of keep possession, but then just continue to move. It's those little moments from him that I think are so important to this team. And I think this is a guy that you've got to remember any frustrations you have with the occasional loose pass yeah. or maybe a bit too much aggression mm-hmm. here or there. He's, what, 20, maybe 21? I actually don't know if he's 20 or 21. He is not an old man. No. He is a young man yes. who is going to get even better. I would agree. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think especially if utilized in a way that I think makes sense to him and the more he understands his role. And I felt like we also saw him kind of understand what was being asked of him better yeah. than we have in other U.S. games. Agree. And at other times for Schalke, in fact, last season. <laughs> but just the way he was kind of able to play off Michael Bradley really well but still be involved in the attack and police that midfield. But then we'll talk about in a little bit some of the adjustments that were made and he responds to them. Yeah. And I think I think it was certainly his best game in a, in a U.S. jersey, in my opinion. The days of us being worried about his confusion with Morris about what mm-hmm. we're doing here, that yeah. seems to be all gone right. And again, that's progression through the yeah. Berhalter era. This is one of the things that makes me feel positive about this team is this yeah. performance makes me think the players understand what Bear mm-hmm. wants them to do and they're not just like going through the motions it's actually working yes you know what I'm 100% I agree I would say this though. I think I've said 100% like 8 times at this point whatever um, is it 800% so far yeah that's fine that's about <laughs> right I think um, I would say this I do want to add that, like this is still a Trinidad team that I think was like winless in their last 6 yeah. was str- struggling to score goals it is not like we've come in and beaten this like powerhouse like, yeah, yeah. like CONCACAF team and they now lost, we're they lost 2-0 to Panama exactly in the first game. so yeah. don't get me wrong like we're not running away with this one and thinking like all the problems with the US men's national team are solved I honestly I think we're going to see a very dull game against Panama and people will probably be frustrated. I think that will be sort of because of the approach the United States takes. But I I don't want it to sound like we're just saying like, yep, everything's wonderful and it's totally good. I still have my hesitation and some reservations. But overall, I thought this was a very like solid performance building on what we saw from Guyana. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, okay, maybe we'll talk about the shape a little bit later on. Sure. I'd, I'd kind of like to talk about one of the goals just because we're a few minutes okay. in and we haven't really mentioned the goal. Only one goal in the first mm-hmm. half. And it really felt like it was coming, right? Yeah. I think the U.S. had a lot of chances. They had a lot of Tyler Boyd chances. Um, eventually, it's the unlikely appearance of Aaron Long at the back post. I mean, yeah. You didn't see that coming? <laughs> I did not. I do love that Aaron, Aaron Long scored about the most center-back goals you can score of, like, <laughs> header and then chest, of One course. with the head and then one late with the chest. Yes, of course. One of them was a diving header and was, like, like good direction on it and good velocity on it. So I shouldn't just take that away. But, yes, Aaron Long at the back post. But I think it was sort of not surprising the way this goal comes about because it's, like, a combination of set-piece, everybody forward, Everybody sort kick? of this come from the Pulisic yeah. free kick. Yeah. It's like so. It's like sort of representative of the U.S. in the first half, where it's like 
like because it's a free kick, but representative of the U.S., like kind of static and a little yeah. bit like a lot of bodies around and in the box, but it doesn't come to anything. The free kick is blocked. And then it's some kind of improvisation and a little bit of combination play and quick thinking from the U.S. that I think is what opens up Trinidad here because it's shot uh, rebounds to, I believe, Bradley. Bradley yeah. scores to Weston McKinney. It's not a great ball to no. McKinney, right? He has, it's slightly behind him. Does McKinney do like a weird... Cruyff-ish turn. I think he thinks he has more time and then also loosely controls it at the same time so yeah. that he comes under pressure. It's a little bit out in front, but he's able to reach out and just get like one toe poke to it to put yeah. it past the defender and onto Christian Pulisic. So, I mean, it works, right? Mm-hmm. It's a bit of misdirection in the moment yep. and he gets the ball to Pulisic. And then, in my memory, Pulisic then, I believe, spots Aaron Long yep. and just whips it to him at the back post. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and Aaron Long I th- uh, had... Uh, who was who was Melino? Thank you. So Melino oh, had come on right, right. For, for the injured Highland. Yeah, and they're kind of grappling, and yeah. doesn't Long just essentially almost like swim past him? I would say Aaron I mean? Long like is a... grappling, and I think Kevin Melino is trying to grapple. Yeah, but that he battle doesn't last grapple. very long. Yeah. Yes, yeah, but it's it he is finished, interesting. He finished second place in the grappling. He certainly did. <laughs> it is interesting to me that the first and I believe second goals for the United States are sort of top-of-the-box diagonals to the other side of the box. Yeah. I mean, it's what Bradley does to spot Nick Lima for the second. And here, it is sort of the United States not necessarily like shooting as soon as like they have the opportunity, not sort of taking shots from even closer, but still maybe not necessarily high percentage. It is a moment of Christian Pulisic in, a, in kind of a chaotic situation, calming down and spotting an open player at the back post. That actually was a, a facet of this game, yeah. right? The U.S. were calm in the box and mm-hmm. not too many. I think Tyler Boyd took a lot of shots, mm-hmm. but... I almost felt okay with it because he was opening that space for himself yeah. and not just snatching at it, right? I th- well, and I think a lot I, on target. I would say he wasn't necessarily opening up that space for himself, but I. But yes, I take your point that he was definitely focused on getting another goal. I think he yeah. was maybe confident after his performance against Guyana, <laughs> but I think also had probably been told to back himself and get shots and cut yeah. inside and make of it what he can. And I'd argue, even though we didn't get a goal, mm-hmm. it was still really useful. It yeah. still had Trinidad on the back foot. Yeah, and he is the first substitution in around like the 60, 61st minute. Yeah. But I think, again, we'll get to this in a little bit, but I think that was probably a pre-planned substitution, not so much Tyler yeah. Boyd was having a bad game. And he was also working himself back to full fitness, yep. right? So I think it's mm-hmm. give him 60 minutes, we'll take him out, yep. get Jordan Morris in there. Mm-hmm. I want to maybe talk about the US's shape sure. and their style and maybe some patterns of play that we recognize that works right? for me so one of the big things is uh width right whenever mm-hmm. the u.s had the ball paul Ariola would go and get some paint on his cleats mm-hmm. right he which would. is the modern equivalent of chalk on your i boots. think so um, and then either tyler boyd would go all the way out to the right or more often i think mm-hmm. we saw nick lima yep. would come all the way up from right back none of this right back to center midfield stuff it was just nick lima provide the mm-hmm. width tyler boyd come and almost be an extra striker yep. alongside jesse zardes mm-hmm. and then you've got Pulisic and McKenney underneath them, and Bradley even farther back. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of U.S. players in the attack. Yes, and this it changes a little bit in the second half, but this is definitely, I would yeah. say, what they're doing in the first half. And even off of that, there are additional patterns to this because what we sort of spotted and then noticed became a pattern was it was uh, Christian Pulisic. When, say, Michael Bradley has the ball, one of the center backs has the ball, Christian Pulisic would try to drop in a little bit and show, show for that initial pass. If it wasn't on, he would sort of make a diagonal run into one of the two channels. Yeah, he'd go so long, basically, right? Yeah, to see if that long ball was on or more direct ball was on. But as he makes that run out of the kind of center of the field into the channel, Jossie Zardes checks in and follows that run. Because mm-hmm. someone has gone with Pulisic, yep. so it's opened up the space so Zardes can come and show for yeah. it, right? So then mm-hmm. Zardes lays it off, and then Tyler Boyd is always running in behind yep. Jossie Zardes. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, it never actually comes off and creates a goal, but mm-hmm. it encourages me a lot because it's a definite 
well thought out pattern of play that was executed several times and mm. that's the type of thing that gives me hope that the, this US team knows what they're doing yeah. right? there's it, a plan yeah. and we're following it and here it is you could there's one in the first half that uh, Bradley ends up playing it and I think Tyler Boyd like has, is making a run a, lo- a bit more central and it ends up not coming off as, as you said but it is almost one of those where you can see the training ground at play where it's <laughs> like Pulisic checks out, Zardes checks in at the exact moment, ball played into Zardes, Michael Bradley moves off that, receives the one-touch drop, pack, drop back from Zardes, and plays the through ball in for Tyler Boyd that doesn't quite come off. But that's a very, like, designed yeah. play to be utilized in the game. Are you with me that fills you with some optimism that we yeah. have? Uh, like, I remember I was a proponent mm-hmm. of maybe we should hire Juan Carlos Osorio <laughs> yeah. because I read his whole thing about synchronizations and pre-designed patterns mm-hmm. of play and one of them worked against Germany in the World Cup and I really thought like, oh, that's what I want to see and now we, we're getting that from Greg Berhalter which yeah, makes I mean, me feel good. Yeah, I mean, 100% with that. We're at 900% now. Um, <laughs> but also because what we saw in those friendlies was the United States looking so disjointed and so confused. The Jamaica about, Venezuela yeah, ones. What was being asked of them and, and I, like you talked about some of the arguments in, the, in, in those games and this is the polar opposite of that, of players knowing where they need to be and the runs they're supposed to make and the runs they're supposed to make off of the runs that other players are supposed to make, that all feels like a team that is starting to understand the system a little bit more or has completely bought into the system. Yeah, I agree. Uh, before we move on, would you mm-hmm. like to talk about today's advertising? I suppose I would. All right. Today's mm-hmm. Total Soccer Show is sponsored by Manscaped. It is. You heard us talk about Manscaped, mm-hmm. what, uh, a couple days ago? Again, time is lost on meaning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the number one men's below-the-belt grooming, offering precision engineering tools for your family jewels. Mm-hmm. It rhymes, so it must be true. <laughs> it must be true. Uh, time is a flat circle at this point for me, uh, but a flat circle would not help you do any sort of uh, male grooming, uh-huh. uh, which is why you go to Manscaped, where they will give you the products uh, to do so. Uh, they've sent us like a, a full package of things. They did, but they only sent us one, and they we did. kind of had to decide who's taking this home who's going to test it out i mean i offered to share daryl was like <laughs> no i think i'm okay on that one but yeah i mean i, I without going too in depth i've i've tested some of the products and, yeah. and they work very well the 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 trimmer is very yeah. nice the lawnmower like, 2.0 the lawnmower 2.0 uh, <laughs> Oh boy! Uh, but it, it's much smaller than most. Like, like if you're thinking of like a standard beard trimmer, which tends to be a little bit bigger. Yeah. Sometimes it's battery operated, can be a little bit clunky. Uh, this one, the. Lomoa 2.0. Thank you. I'm going to keep pointing to you on it. Is much smaller, more compact. Uh, it's it's easier to use, I would say. So you can find the angles. And fe- I'm going to I'm not going to lie. Feels more powerful as well. Feels more feels more powerful than any like beard trimmer I've used. Like there's, you know that feeling of like is this fully charged? I can't tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you? Is That's it trimming at the rate snags, it's supposed right? to? That's how you get exactly. snags on hair. So yeah. you're saying this moves quickly, so there's no snagging. I would say so. All yes. right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would say so. Um, what what else was in the uh, the manscaped bag? Anything uh, else they have the anti chafing uh, deodorant and moisturizer. The crop uh-huh. preserver. That's crop also quite preserver. nice. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, you know, it's summer. Things get hot. Things get sticky. Uh-huh. And especially if you're playing like against Trinidad. I think there's a decent <laughs> argument to be made that maybe the entire U.S. men's national team was using some of the products and that uh-huh. allowed them to just look a little bit more comfortable in the they heat. run around with no chafing. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, if our listeners mm-hmm. would um, like to take us up on the offer, you yep. get 20% off and free shipping with the code TSS at manscaped.com. Come mm-hmm. always use the right tools for the job. Again, that's twenty percent off, free shipping, and the free travel bag. Mm-hmm. I've seen the travel bag. The code TSS at manscaped.com. Thank you very much to manscaped.com slash manscaped uh, for sponsoring today's episode. So we've talked about the first goal, we've talked a bit about the first half of what the United States were trying to do. And I think it's at this point important to talk about what the United States maybe changed in the first fifteen minutes or so of yeah. the second half. So this is from Greg Berhalter's uh, mm-hmm. press conference, right? Yes. Afterwards, I think it was Paul Tenorio from the Athletic asked him about 
what did you change between the first and the second half? How do you explain that sort of avalanche of goals yep. in the second half? And we have to be honest, I didn't necessarily spot this. I think you spotted it before I did during the game. But Berhalter said that what we did is because Trinidad had essentially numbers in midfield and yep. were man-marking. Mm-hmm. No, because they, they were man-oriented. Yep. That's what he said, right? They were man-marking. We pulled Tyler Boyd back and we dropped Weston McKenney back mm-hmm. a little deeper. And my understanding is that that was to essentially just pull defenders out a mm-hmm. little bit and create more space for the rest of the team. Does yeah. that feel right? I think so, because if you think about it, uh, like what we were talking about before, when it would be like Bradley plays it into Zardes, Zardes lays it off to Bradley, or maybe uh, McKinney, it's still a sort of lateral line of players. Yeah, or vertical, too, vertical line, rather. We're pushed yeah. up too high on Trinidad, essentially. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, essentially. But that also means that you've got a bunch of numbers in the middle where Trinidad can just kind of crowd in and cause problems. Yeah. But if you pull McKinney back a little bit, now one of those midfielders or defenders has to go with him, and that just opens up a little bit more space, and I think that gives Christian Pulisic a bit more freedom to operate and kind of roam right. around. because it takes them out of that attacking mm-hmm. midfield zone, so Pulisic, that might explain why he was way more effective in yeah. the second half. Excuse me. I think I so. hiccuped halfway through that. I was so excited about Pulisic's that makes second half performance. I think Am it's... I right? He was better second half than first half. Yeah, I would yeah. agree so. Uh, not 100%, but yeah, I would agree. Um, but I also think his rotation at times, because we did see him sometimes uh, out on the left and Paul Areola would come central, and I think even that would sort of throw Trinidad off a little bit about, yeah. wait, hold on, we're supposed to be marking him, but now he's gone there and this guy's uh-huh. gone here and then this guy's dropped more deep. Like, and it, it starts to kind of make Trinidad less positionally certain and positionally sound as a That's result. It. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it was quite hard to tell their shape, right? Yeah. It was like a 4 2 3 one or mm-hmm. a 4 3 3 but then sometimes they'd be pulled all over the place. Yeah. And But the confusing thing for me was, with all of that said, it didn't feel like it worked because, like... That's a change they made in like going coming out of the second half was drop McKinney deeper, Boyd drops a little bit more central and deeper, and that should like cause problems. But I think, and this is where we're lucky to have a friend like Paul Tenorio who can <laughs> explain it to me via text a bit more. Oh, did he? I nice. think this is where the Jordan Morris substitution comes into the equation because I think that was an, almost a like plan for their plan for our plan. Like it was basically like once you have to explain that once Trinidad <laughs> adapts to what we're doing. In terms of our changes we made to the second half by sending more numbers into the midfield to deal with numbers that are kind of stretched out. Then we hit him with the JMO Smooth. Then we hit him with a more dangerous wide attacking player. Yeah, and Nick Lima continuing to overlap as well. Oh, should we talk about that? Is it the second goal where it's the Nick Lima header? Yes. Yeah. All right. We have to talk about Jassy Zardes as well. That's fine. As part of this. I'm happy to do so. I like this goal. Yeah. I really like this goal. I mean, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's, it is terrific all over the place. Yeah. So this is, um, I think there's a, a chance that gets flashed across the box. Mm-hmm. It's picked up out wide on the left. And I by believe Paul Areola. By mm-hmm. Paul Areola. Does he give it to Zardes? He does. Zardes dribbles into the box. I remember at the time, at the time, I was saying, oh, he's just like, there's no threat here from Zardes. He's just dribbling into the box. I love it. I think I was wrong. I loved it. I think I was wrong because he gathered, a lot of Trinidad defenders Three. started to gather around him. Mm-hmm. Then he lays it back to Bradley. Um, yeah. And then Bradley's able to chip that ball to Nick. And Lima. I think I take your I take your point that like it was a it was a not I'm I'm going for goal and getting a shot off yeah. sort of drive into the box. It made me think of him as timid in the moment. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which which it does look a bit timid. But the reality is that I think in other games or maybe other performances and it's a sign that Jassy Zardes backs himself. I think if you're low on confidence, you don't want to make mistakes, so as soon as he gets that ball, he just plays it central but deeper to Michael Bradley who had a, a player on him Michael Bradley then probably has to drop that all the way back to the center backs oh you mean if hadn't dribbled into the yeah. box yeah but when he drives into the box slowly uh, he three defenders collapse on him including one who was marking 
Michael Bradley. There we go. So now he can drop it to Michael Bradley, who is wide open, and now has time to pick his head up and spot Nick Lima, who himself is wide open at the back post. And on that TV screen as well, mm-hmm. Nick Lima has kind of he's actually oh, yeah. jogged upfield, and then he hit, he basically hits a sprint at a certain point. Yes, right? he does. And he is in. I've forgotten who his defender is. Is it Lewis? Uh, it's Lewis because yeah, he immediately 13. gets subbed out. Oh, he does right <laughs> yeah. because he absolutely should have tracked uh-huh. Nick Lima. He saw him come in, yeah. and he let him run straight past him. Yeah, I mean, I thought this was going to be one of those where we go back and watch it from the wide angle. It's like Nick Lima lung-busting run, sprints in there and gets on the end of that cross. And instead, he's just kind of jogging forward and Lewis never closes (laughs) to him. And Lima has his hand in the air like, hey, I'm I'm open whenever you want to play this ball. And again, Bradley's able to to pick that ball out. And take nothing away, like, yeah, he has time because of that run from Jesse Zardes, but it's an inch-perfect ball from Michael Bradley. Bradley, Yeah, Mm -hmm. and it's a great header from Nick Lima, too. He redirects it back across goal. And I want to give him full credit for this. It's a really good run from Giassi Zardes. It is. I, I almost said 100% again, and I stopped halfway through. So I'm going to say we're at 950 now. Okay. 950 If we had 1,000, do the mics explode? I, they might. We'll see. <laughs> we should be careful, right? <laughs> so after, I'm not saying anything anymore. <laughs> after Zardes has yeah. laid that ball off, mm-hmm. he immediately makes like a, a C-shaped run, I yep. would say, like in and around. And I think it's David, the number two. It is. is it Aubrey David? Aubrey David. Who has him. Uh-huh. And then just doesn't have him. Yeah. I think he just either switches off for the moment or... He, he gets bumped. I'll add that. Jesse oh, Zardes gives, gives him a shoulder. He gives him a little he? shoulder to the chest. I mean, it's nothing like dramatic. It's not dirty or anything yeah. like that. Isn't but, just like you in my way. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 he, and he steps out of the way. I'm walking here. Aubrey David kind of steps out <laughs> a little bit and then never, ever gets back uh, to Jesse Zardes. Yeah. yeah. That's when you see Cyrus sort of look at him like, hey, did yeah. you want to mark him at all? Because so, Zardes also runs past Hackshaw. Yeah. So I think Cyrus is mm-hmm. um, mad at Hackshaw. Mad at David, mad at all the other defenders except Cyrus himself. Yeah, that sounds about <laughs> right. <laughs> and I mean, and it's it's worth noting that like Trinidad do get a few chances like before this goal and after this goal. They get the one counterattack, which we can talk about or not. Yeah, I do uh, talk about that. And then they get the uh, the full stretch Zach Steffen save. Yes. But those are certainly against the run of play and very much on the counter. Yeah. So I would say that like, they're not necessarily broken after this goal, but you can start to see the bickering, the arguing, the kind of finger-pointing from Trinidad a bit yeah, more. Yeah, I think that's where it all starts now. to fall apart. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to talk about those counterattacks? I, I do. They're kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a slight weakness of the U.S. system mm-hmm. that if we have this, you know, Nick Lima's out wide, yep. if Tim Ream starts to drift wide as well, which he did sometimes, he would cause an overload on the left with Ream, uh, Ariola, and Pulisic, we suddenly can get a little bit stretched out, right? Yep. And we can get into a little bit of trouble. And there's that one moment where it's Cato burst down the right, mm-hmm. switches the field to Levo Garcia, yep. who gets a shot, not on goal, because mm-hmm. it goes what, high and wide. And originally, it looks like Nick Lima's made a huge mistake. It does. On, on the rewatch, Nick Lima is the hero. He is. <laughs> the savior on that yeah. day. Yeah, I think it's a U.S. corner. And yes. Trinidad are able to, yeah, it's Cato, as you said. Uh, like, And he's looking for, is it... Is it Cato who receives the ball? Cato like, receives the ball. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know who plays the pass. I but, want to say it's Alvin Jones, but I'm not sure. But at, in that moment, it's it's Cato running into space, and the two people who are sort of back to theoretically defend are Michael Bradley and Tim Ream. Yeah. Neither of whom, if not, that not your sprinter, no. Right? And if that ball is hit better, if it's more out in front, there's no chance either one of them catches him. There's certainly a chance that Nick Lima does because Lima has already tried to start moving into that space where the ball is going to go. Yeah. It's under hit a little bit, so he continues to track that run until it's very clear that Tim Ream is now in a position to be able to defend it. And that's when he then is very aware of he's left his side wide open, which is where Levi Garcia is. Yep. Even though Garcia gets the shot off, 
it ends up being a little bit rushed from a little bit tighter angle than he probably wanted to and ends up putting it well wide. And I think because that's because Nikolima, yeah, Nikolima he covers that ground. Because he over there. He goes sliding in, basically, mm-hmm. right? But at least narrows the angle. Yeah. Makes it harder for Levo Garcia. And I think is the, is the reason why this is not a shot on target. You, you said this, so I'm going to steal it from you. But I 100% agree. Now we're at 1,050. Um, <laughs> did not explode. Whew, I was checking. I was checking. <laughs> nice sound effects, though. Good Foley work by, by you. you. Um, I, I think he's the starting right back. I really do. I think if Tyler Adams comes back into the – well, when he comes back into the team, he probably ends up going back in there if the, it's going to be the right back to center midfield role. Yeah. But it, it maybe gives Greg Berhalter a, a head scratcher too about mm-hmm. what to do now because Nick Lima – has performed capably in every role that he's been asked. Not just he, capably, he's been a positive impact on 100%. every game, right? 1150. Wow. <laughs> All right. I got I to gotta calm it down with my 100%. I'm just going to say it, I concur. Is it like in your head so you can't stop doing it? I think it? so. I think, like I'm just, I think I'm just excited because I really enjoyed pretty much everything I saw from this team tonight. What about DeAndre Yedlin? Does he not come I in didn't and enjoy take, what I saw from him tonight. Well, does he not come in and take Lima's role? It's no. kind of tough, right? I, I mean, I, I, think, I think at this point it's probably Tyler Adams and then it's Nick Lima's to lose. It's and I think DeAndre Yedlin probably has to come in and prove that he belongs in that system. I would bet the more likely thing is someone's injured and Adams goes and plays midfield. That is you know probably I mean? likely, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. th- th- we never get a full-strength US team, right? So there's always, there's always, someone, yeah. always someone missing. And before people... Send tweets. Um, I think about this with Nick Lima similar to how I think about Paul Areola. Is I want to see a player perform capably and consistently in a position to the point where someone else has to beat them for it to be theirs. Yeah. And I think Areola has proven he can do that job. Is he like the best midfielder in the world? Is he even like the best wide attacker for the United States? Probably not. I don't know. But I think he's done well enough in these two last two games. To show me that that's where he should be playing, so until Ariola, somebody, yeah, uh, Ariola, until he somebody yeah. is doing it better, and I think the same now f- is of Nick Lima. That until somebody else comes in and shows they can do that role better, uh-huh. Tyler Adams probably aside, uh, it's his job. And you think of it as partnerships. Now I think of like the Lima Boyd partnership yeah. is working right. Mm-hmm. So Lima's game frees Boyd oh, up yeah. or helps Boyd like, go to the center. I think Ariola's game helps Christian Pulisic. Yes. Because Ariola knows the role. He knows he's got to stay wide. He's got to stretch out that space, creates a space for Christian Pulisic. He knows when to switch with him. Mm. They know, like, they play together a little bit. You know, I think against Guyana, they had that nice one two before yep. one of the goals. I really think, I'm starting to think of that as like left wing Ariola, left center mid, left attacking center mid mm. Pulisic. And that's a partnership that's working. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, it, and it worked for the third goal as well because this is where. I guess, like, aside from, well, I guess he has the cross for the first goal. So he gets the assist there. But this is where I feel like we started to see Christian Pulisic really, really taking the game by the scruff yeah. of its neck, but in a more decisive way than I think we've seen from him. Yeah. Even against Guyana, he was a little bit like, I'm going to beat you, I'm going to beat you. And I don't mean that critically. I just mean that I think he was sort of like, it, everyone is looking to me to make plays and make something happen, so I'm going to try to do that. Yeah. And this was the game where I think he performed in the system pretty capably, but then also had those those moments of, oh, yeah, he can do things that no one else on the team can yeah, do. Yeah, especially when space opened up. Yep. But when Trinidad were two, three goals down, yep. it opened up. He started to have a lot more room to play with, basically. Yeah. And then you could see how very, very dangerous he was. And I think this goal, this Jesse Zada's second yep. goal, the U.S.'s third goal, am mm-hmm. I right? Um, this is Christian Pulisic's best moment of the game. I concur. Yeah. Not with a percentage. Uh, because, <laughs> yes, he, he drives. He, it's him driving at the defence. but he From is, the left, right? Isn't he yeah. cutting in from the left? And I don't mean to throw shade at like Jordan Morris, but there's one later on where Jordan Morris is in a similar position on the opposite side and he's driving at the defence. And I bring it up just to say that there are moments when you can tell that he doesn't quite know what he's going to do. That it's sort of like, oh, I'm going to wait for Zardes to make an overlapping run. Oh, no, okay, I took a heavy touch. Now I can't do that. And like you can see him thinking on the fly. Yeah. Whereas in this sequence, you could tell that Pulisic is 
not even necessarily like thinking or trying to figure it out, but just sort of is aware of everything that's happening and knows where he needs to be and where everyone else is going to be. And that's why he drives at the defense, pulls them out, and then makes, I would say, like almost a no look is what it looks like to me. Yeah. Sort of like diagonal ball that's also a through ball that's perfectly weighted sort of for Giassi's artist. It's sort of back the other, it's like yeah. a 90 degree angle from the direction he's running. Yep. Right. So I think that's what really throws off Trinidad. Mm-hmm. So also, I want to say there are too many Trinidadian defenders. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, you spotted this one. And no one knows if they're supposed to be the one that tackles it. Yeah. I don't know if this was like – this might have been part of Trinidad's game plan. I noticed them just standing the U.S. up a lot, right? It yeah. wasn't like a big commitment to tackles. There was a slight commitment to occasional fouls. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there wasn't a big commitment to, I'm going to step to you and win the ball. There was a lot of just trying to jockey, jockey, jockey. I think Pulisic kind of exploits that by just yep. leading three guys on a dance. I mean, it, it's, it's insane because it's three players in a line who all just keep backing off and backing off. And kind of just let him waltz through. Right. I mean, credit to him for finding a way through and having the ability to do so. But uh, you asked me what I thought it was when we were watching it live. And I thought maybe it was like Trinidad had been told to kind of keep their shape and don't overcommit. And maybe that's it. Maybe it's that they're intimidated by Christian Pulisic because he is the player for the U.S. men's national team right now. I think there's a bit of that. But it may also have just been that like, they just sort of don't want to deal with it. They're three of them there will find a way through or he won't be able to find a way through. Yeah. And in the end, he does. And in the end, isn't it that uh, the three that are trailing him lose him? Yeah. So I think David, the <laughs> yep. Aubrey David, the centre-back, has to step to Pulisic a little bit. Mm-hmm. But he was marking Jesse Zardes briefly, and that's when Zardes is free, right? Yes. And Zardes reads what's happening and sort of does the... I think of it as the Raheem Sterling move mm-hmm. because I've seen Guardiola showing Raheem Sterling how to do it, where you sort of just turn slightly back towards yep. the guy with the ball so you're open up and you're ready to receive the ball without your back facing to the player who's passing to you. Yes. Yeah. Uh, this was this goal, I mean obviously the first goal kind of a tap in for Zardes right yeah. place but he does a lot in the lead up to it. This was the goal. It's an amazing finish, but removing that from the equation, you saw a lot of what we don't often see from Jesse Zardes, which was he's as you said, that turn is really good, the ability to open up so that he's showing that his first touch is it's like one touch, second touch is a great shot and a great yeah. finish, but the first touch sets up the shot. But the thing that I really enjoyed about it was it's a thing that we praise Messi for and Suarez for and many other very good strikers for is as soon as Aubrey David leaves Giassi's artist to go to Christian Pulisic, he's aware and stops. And, and, and that's doesn't such, run offside. He doesn't run offside, <laughs> but he also is aware that no one has me now. And again, diffusion of responsibility. If I start drifting towards the right back, the right back will pick me up and have somebody else come over. If I start drifting central, the other center back will pick me up. But if yeah. I stay right here... No one is going to be so focused on me because they're focused on everything else that's happening, and he just exists in that yep. space until that ball comes from. So if you're playing cards, right? Stick or twist, yeah. You stick and yeah, yeah. <laughs> and wait for your world class teammate to play the ball that's probably going to come, and, and, yep. it's, and it's sort of trusting Christian Pulisic to play that ball instead of trying to get more involved from Jesse Zardes mm-hmm. that allows him to then have the time and space to finish. And we knew Josie Altador was going to come on, right? Yep. We thought like 20 minutes or so for Josie Altador at the end because he's not yep. fully fit. He didn't look fully sharp, right? Mm-hmm. And he's just working his way back. And it's going to be an interesting, like if, if, if Altador does hit full fitness and Zardes is in form, there's an actual choice Bearhalter has to make. Yep. He does refer to Altador as America's number one striker. He does. So I, I don't think, obvious who his favorite I feel like there's a decent chance we don't see him against Panama, Josie Altador. Just, just, oh, I know. I think we see him because I think they try to get him matched up. Do you think they start him? Maybe. Or maybe they give him another half an hour. That, maybe that's, that's probably more yeah. likely. But yeah, just he looked, he looked fine. But he did not look fast. I'll, say, I'll put it that way. Yeah. And, his fir- and his touch on occasion was very 
poor. Like yeah, there was one where he had a chance, right? And he cut to yeah. his left mm-hmm. and just overcut and gave yeah. the ball away. Yeah. And I think I said at the time because he has the kind of flick for the fourth goal, I believe it is, yeah. and it, and it's a, it's an amazing awareness. It's a great ball, but it's, good awareness to run into what is an offside position, yeah. but for a throw in where yeah. you can't be offside. Exactly. Clever. So the, and, and that is clever, but it's. It stands out to me because it wasn't a even like a. This is how switched off Trinidad were. It wasn't like he sprinted in there. Like the, Trinidad's aware he's making this run, and they all just kind of watch him go, and then they're very surprised when he gets the ball. And the flick is great, but it's a flick that he has probably done a thousand times, and yeah. he can kind of do from memory. And like it's great. It takes nothing away. But I say it just to say. But then when he's in the box with numbers running at him, that's when he tries to cut and takes a heavy touch. When he tries to cut back later on, he takes a heavy touch yeah, yeah. and Trinidad take the ball away. So I feel like those in-game moments where he has to make rapid decisions quickly that's where maybe sharpness, right? you it's didn't match, see a sharpness yeah match sharpness mm-hmm. it is worth mentioning as well that Jesse Zardes absolutely should have had a hat trick yeah and he would have been this is where we were like please sub him out before this happens and then it a, happened there's yeah. been an anti-Zardes narrative mm-hmm. right which I understand like we've seen his touch be a little rough yep. here and there I still think he's a guy who is perfectly good as our backup striker um, not least because he understands the Bearhalter system. Mm-hmm. Like we talked earlier about like him coming deep and Boyd runs in behind and he knows when to do it when Pulisic has opened that channel for him. That stuff's important, right? There's a chance that Josh Sargent didn't know how to do that, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it would have been the perfect narrative if Zardes had left with a hat-trick instead of that thing where he had a hat-trick of chances and missed all three just before he got subbed down. And they got worse each time, I would say? They did, right? The first one was really, uh, was it Ariola squares yes. it to him? Mm-hmm. Hits the post. Yep. Does really well to recycle his run. Is there for the header? It's a weak header. It is. He doesn't jump. It's yeah. a, it's a stationary header, yeah. and it's not. It's straight at the keeper as yep. well, right? Um, and then I can't remember who cuts it back to him. I'm gonna guess it's Morris at this point. He wails it over the bar. He does. Yeah. Yes, and he's kind of backing three, up, falling three backwards. Points. I hope. I hope it was at least <laughs> over the goal, so he would have gotten the three points, and maybe he would have theoretically been on target. Yeah. But yeah, that's. That's when I, I honestly I don't know what to make of that because for as good as he was for the first and second goal, this was all of the more familiar Jossie's artist moments. Yeah, at least more recent moments that have made us wonder if he is the guy. Yeah. So I think my takeaway from this, and that's why I was so kind of frustrated with that, not just because it could have been a hat trick or I wanted the US to score more. But because similar similar to Ariola, similar to Lima, I wanted to have a moment where it was like, okay, but we know he can do this. And so we know now he fits in the role of backup, maybe third string striker. And then that sequence happened. And I still have those questions about yeah. Jossi Zardes. Maybe not as big as they were before, but they're still there. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I mean, it sort of is what it is. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm again, I'm happy with him as second, third choice striker. And we're in a situation now where he's playing because Altador is not fit. Yeah. Right? There you go. So there we go. There we go. Anyone else you want to talk about? Um, you mean uh, before we close the show? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to talk. We could, we could talk after as well, but I think we should record. I mean, I want to talk about Aaron Long for a moment because yes. he gets the diving header. He gets the sixth goal with the chest. Yes. Which it's the sixth goal. Trinidad definitely switched off at this point, but this was far and away my favorite goal of the game. What's uh, so? All right, so you you patiently sat with me as I tracked a bunch of different things, like a bunch of different ways. But the sixth goal, uh, 23 passes in the lead-up to this one. Uh Nine of the 11 players touched the ball. Uh, Zimmerman didn't, and Josie Altor didn't. Josie Altor did not. But the ball moves all over the field. It goes, like, up into the attack and back into defense and all around. It's got a Stefan chip to Aaron Long in there. It does. And and it it all... thing with it though is that it all feels like it's building towards something and while it's easy to say that in hindsight knowing that it's a goal you can just see that it's not just sort of aimless possession it's not the 
ball to a center back, ball to Bradley, Bradley to a center back, center back to Bradley. Yeah. It's it's very probing at times, and it's recycling, and it's those quick little passes that we like where you're sort of pulling players out because they get annoyed when you're completing too many passes. But it's also all of the movement off the ball. I mean, Aaron Long starts this sequence as a center back, which yeah. he's playing, and then gets the ball, like that chip from Stefan as a left back, drives forward and suddenly is like a left winger, yeah, then Reem continues to run forward. Yeah. yeah, but it's just like that movement from Aaron Long, the kind of confidence to do that, the ability of the rest of the defenders to sit in. Michael Bradley sits, I think, central, and, and Tim Ream maybe goes back to left back or vice versa. But all of that... And then it ends with sort of, uh, I think, yeah, with Weston McKinney getting, getting a great shot. It's a good ball in from Jordan Morris. Weston McKinney probably should have done better. Great shot. I think he hits it straight to the keeper. Did I say great shot? It's, yeah. a, it's an okay shot. <laughs> it's an okay shot because he's standing in traffic. He wants the ball a little bit sooner, but Jordan Morris does well to find him. And then Aaron Long is there to finish with the chest. And I love that he he knows exactly how to finish to, like, if I go for the header, maybe I'm going to have to stoop down. I lose a little bit of control. Yeah. With the chest, I can kind of keep my shape, keep everybody away, perfect, and right? just body it into it's the very goal. very clever. And I then go liked, hug Weston McKinney a lot. I liked Aaron Long's attitude as well. When he scored the first goal, there was yep. a lot of uh, swe- oh, celebratory swearing. excited. Yeah. yeah. He looked mm. like he really was just like up for it. And yeah. I don't know. I feel like that spread throughout the team in a mm-hmm. way that I really, really liked. But uh, yes, I, I agree with that. And the other thing that kind of. I enjoyed immensely about this goal is the kind of changes of pace at times Mm -hmm. that it wasn't slow passing and slow passing and slow passing and then they find a way to score and it wasn't quick couple passes rapid counterattack goal at times they would they would burst for I mean Aaron Long drives forward with the ball for a good 30 yards slows it down there's passing they pull Trinidad out a little bit they recycle to the other side then there's the burst of pace to get it behind and it's just all those good little like changes of speed good movement good fluidity ends up in a good goal for me. It certainly does. Mm. All right, there are two more things I want to talk sure. about. Um, just to be a completist, it's worth noting that Paul Ariola also scored. He did. So we've talked about every goal except Ariola. This is from close range, right? Yeah. That he basically just redirects past the keeper. Lovely little goal. Mm-hmm. Nice cap on a good Paul Ariola performance. And I think that's the one that uh, Jordan Moore... No, that Christian Pulisic one is where Jordan Morris intercepts the ball makes a really good defensive play. Yes, mm-hmm. it is. Yeah, that's, that's a different one. Yeah. Right? Yeah, okay. Um, I also want to talk about the defensive shape. Sure. Um, because I feel like we focus a lot on this sort of... Um, the shape that we have when we go forward and we get the wide guys mm-hmm. out. But I found that the the US in the... I've been calling it a 4-4-2. I think I might be wrong. Bearholder calls it a 4-4-2 as well. Mm-hmm. But the wingers in the 4-4-2 tend to step high and put yep. a little bit of pressure. And it's essentially a 4-2-4 defensive shape, which makes me nervous, mm-hmm. but also worked. So I'm, I'm quite confused about this. I am genuinely excited for whatever comes when we play a stronger opponent who yeah. might be able to punish us for that because okay. if we do get punished then it's a sign that like okay so that works against certain caliber of teams not better teams but yeah. but because what what I think we both kind of were slightly concerned about is that in that four two four, what that requires is the fullbacks a lot of the time to be aggressive in stepping as well. And yeah, because so, when the left winger goes high, so when who is the left winger? Uh, Ariola. When mm-hmm. Ariola goes high, then Tim Ream has to pick up the guy that that Ariola was yeah. marking, and suddenly there's a hole behind Tim Ream, and not just a hole, but a hole where there's a Trinidad player standing. Yeah. On multiple occasions, when Tim Ream stepped forward, he was stepping to like maybe the right back for Jama- or for yeah. Trinidad and leaving. A, a man open and I think the idea was we'll put them under pressure and we will back ourselves to if they have to hit the ball long one of our center backs will get over to cover that and head it clear but by putting them under pressure they won't be able to kind of have the time to pick out that ball that's what I think it is I think mm-hmm. they're trying to make it impossible to play that pass anyway because we're putting you under pressure but a better which, team maybe plays their way out of that like yeah. just initially because like that one it takes time, one move right you just sidestep Paul Ariola and suddenly you've got you can hit that ball in behind Tim yeah Ream. I mean yeah. and they did that there was one time when Paul Ariola kept running and Tim, Tim Ream kept 
kept kind of moving forward, and then suddenly there's a ball in behind that Tim Ream has to try to make a play on. Yeah. And I do wonder what happens against, say, Mexico, when that is like an opportunity. They have the players and the ability to hit that ball into space yeah. and get on the end of it and make the United States pay for it. Do you think maybe if we play Mexico or even like Jamaica, we might end up being a bit more conservative and it yes. actually looks like a 4 instead of a 4 I think so. Yeah. I think so. With maybe a few pressing triggers, but yeah. not all the time that, that we did. I think yeah. we see variations and sort of adaptations as the game goes on. But yeah, yeah it's probably a bit more standard 4 But I think the other thing that was very important to the result of this game is that the shape that you're describing, that 4-2-4, I think it also then gives Pulisic a lot more freedom because you've got those bodies forward. Yeah, Yeah. so now he can kind of go where he wants and pop up where he wants and play defense or not play defense, but it's not so important to the overall structure of the team. Yeah, so he's not burdened with defensive responsibility and he's high up the field if there is a turnover. Mm -hmm. It's worth noting as well, Trinidad, I think, played a lot of long balls and I think that was caused by the 4-2-4 pressure. They just couldn't find a way to pass through our midfield. That's a... That's a huge positive. That's not something you've said about the U.S. We've said about the U.S. in recent games. It is not. Yeah. So, Um, well done, America. Well done, America. All right. One more thing to talk about. Zimmerman and Long Mm -hmm. started their second game together. Is this our centre-back pair? For now. It is, right? I I, I have to believe that John Brooks, when he's back and fully fit, is is a starting centre-back. For the Gold Cup, though. Yes. This means Miazga and Omar have Mm -hmm. been knocked down the pecking order by Zimmerman and Long, which is not what we would have expected, right? Because they're the two more senior players. They are. And they're the ones, at at least uh, Omar, we know, has more of a relationship with Greg Berhalter. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think I take that as a positive as well, that it does seem at least to be a meritocracy, which... I, that shouldn't be a thing that I'm praising, but it is because so often with the U.S. men's national team, past and present, it doesn't necessarily feel like a meritocracy. That's that's fair. Um, any closing points before we wrap this up? We haven't mentioned him. I feel like we probably should, aside from his role in the very last goal. But Zach Steffen, I thought, had yeah. had, had a pretty good game. You still have some moments where it's like, oh, should you have rolled it out there? Should you have done that? But, a couple of passes to teammates under yeah. pressure, right? But we saw the one moment. I can't remember the minute exactly, but it's in the opening minutes. Trinidad get a free kick and he's screaming at the wall to assemble. Yes. And unlike the Avengers, they do not. Uh, and, and they end up kind Spoiler of... Spoiler alert for the first Avengers movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you see, it was just a moment of like, it made me, it made me re- remember Timmy Howard with fondness of after the free kick is taken. And it's, again, a better player maybe puts this on frame because there's no wall. And yeah. Zach Steffen is off his line screaming at the wall when it ends up being taken. He goes out and continues to berate that defense, (laughs) and that is the type of thing I want to see. Not the wall not forming, but the goalkeeper refusing to just be like, all right, well, nothing came of it, whatever, but to get immediately back up and go at them and be like, that's not happening again. Those are the kind of moments of growth that I wanted to see from All Zach right. Steffen. He also had that really nice save on the um, Alvin Jones yeah, knuckleball. True. Which I think was a tougher shot to deal with than it looked because yep. we rewatched it. It doesn't spin, it doesn't move, it just like knuckles through the air yeah. in a scary, scary way. An American goalkeeper not conceding a long range uh, shot goal against Trinidad yeah. is a strong check mark <laughs> in the positive column. Yeah. Speaking of, so I know I keep extending this. That's but, right. Um, there was a lot of talk about this being the revenge game and all that sort mm-hmm. of stuff. And I think we went into this not like wanting revenge on these Trinidadian players, but wanting revenge on ourselves for that horrible performance mm-hmm. in Curva, right? Yeah. And I think that's what we got. Mm-hmm. Yeah? I agree. Uh, I think we got it, though, in moments where, like, I think you're right that maybe it wasn't about the individual players being kind of punished for whatever happened for the United States failing to qualify because look inward Uh, but in this game though you did see what happens when individual players annoy uh, specifically Christian Pulisic because there's the moment near the end of the game when Jovan Jones 
I'm going to say intentionally he's on the ball, but I think he knows what he's doing. He definitely gives Christian Pulisic a whack in the face. Yeah. Gets a yellow card for it. Pulisic, minutes later, megs Jovan Jones, then outworks him to get the ball, also outworks Kevin Molino to get past him. Yeah. And it just felt and like... just a, to the side of the field, yep. right? Just leaves them in his dust. It yeah. felt like a very, you wouldn't like me when I'm angry sort of moment from Christian <laughs> Pulisic. But again, another, it's the fight. Another Avengers spoiler. Exactly. But that's the... <laughs> is it? Isn't that just what the Hulk says? No, the secret is that Pulisic's angry all the time. There we go. Oh, well, that maybe is true. Uh, <laughs> sometimes it looks that way when he's playing with the US. Uh, but... Again, just the moments of fight and the moments of we will go right back at you yeah. is a thing that we haven't always seen from the United States, especially lately. To see it again was a, uh, a welcome sight. <laughs> Let's pivot to Panama. All right. So the final group stage game. U.S. are through to the quarterfinals. You right? really don't we're want gar- the show to end, do you? We're guaranteed top two. I want uh-huh. to make sure we hit every right. mark, right? Panama, the U.S.-Panama is Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. We draw that game. Yep. We finish top of the group. Mm-hmm. We win that game. We finish top of the group. We lose that game. We finish second. Yes. Right? That's math. So we had talked about, like, what do you do against Panama? Do you think – so Berhalter was asked this question in the press mm-hmm. conference, and he said, I've never been in this situation yep. before. Essentially saying, I'm not sure what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. Which, like, so does he feel like a weakened lineup? Does he rotate? Does he keep going with the same guys? I'd be really interested to see what Berhalter's decision is here. I kind of hope he rotates. I do. Okay. Uh, because I, I think Panama will probably be Panama. I think they'll probably be defensive, look to counter. Yeah, four five one. Yeah, I mean, I, I think so. That's that's my guess. Um, I'm not trying to be disrespectful of Panama. I know they've won their first two games, but that's what we've seen from them in the past. So, I I feel like there would be an inclination to sort of like, no, we're going to keep this going. We're going to go out. We're going to bring full strength team. And even if you beat Panama, that's now three games in a row that players who maybe you already have fitness issues or fitness concerns about now yeah. they've played three. And even if you win that game against Panama, you go through top. You might have done that anyway, playing a bit more defensively and a second team, now you're a bit more tired when it comes to the knockout round. So I would like to remove the emotion from the equation and, yeah, maybe make some changes, get some people who need a little bit of a rest, the rest they need. Yeah. And even if it maybe ends Tyler up being... Tyler Boyd needs... Yeah. yeah. And that's where I said at the very break. beginning, I think he might. And so I'm okay with a boring nil-nil. Maybe like a late one-nil against Panama would be lovely. Yeah. Uh, but I think I'm okay with that if it means the United States advancing top of the group. Okay, same here. Uh, in terms of the future of the Total Soccer Show... Yeah. We will be back tomorrow to wrap up, what, four, ra- I mean, later today. Yeah. Four round of 16 games. I looked games. at the clock, listeners. <laughs> Sunday evening, we'll yeah. wrap up uh, Nigeria, Germany. Is that uh, your plan? You just want to talk the whole way through so we don't ever actually leave? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> save me save me a Uber fare. All right. <laughs> I do not agree 100%, so that takes it back down to 1,050. All right. I'm not going to list the Women's World Cup games, <laughs> then, but we are going to uh, review Saturday's games yep. and Sunday's games on a Sunday night show, mm-hmm. and we'll get you ready for USA versus Spain on Monday at the Women's World Cup. Indeed. All right. Then, Taylor Rockwell, I will say... Just one more thing. Not really. Thank you for taking the time to talk to me today. I actually have a couple more things to say. Do you? I'm I'm in. No, it's mostly just right back at you, buddy. (laughs) Listeners, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you again soon. (laughs) 